Hey there, trailblazing women. Mark your calendars for the Women Thrive Summit, happening March 18th to the 22nd, 2024. Join us for five empowering days of inspiration, connection, and growth. Unlock your potential with workshops led by industry leaders, panel discussions, and networking opportunities. Don't miss this chance to amplify your voice and thrive together. Visit womenthrivesummit.com to grab your tickets today. That's womenthrivesummit.com. Welcome. I'm your host, Ramonda Jan, the founder of Women Thrive Media, visibility expert and inspirational speaker. I founded this global community for women, so every woman who is starting or running a business can feel like she has found a place to belong. So every woman is empowered to use her voice and share her message with the world. Hi, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Well, today we're talking about how to find your ideal client and get a quick yes. My guest today is Michelle Quelio. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited nice about you. Yes, likewise. I am excited about this conversation because I think a lot of business owners and founders sometimes lose sight of who our ideal clients are. And we get so caught up in the businesses that perhaps we're not truly serving our clients. So today's conversation is going to expose some truth about finding your ideal clients and getting a quick yes. So my guest, guest today is Michelle Calio. She's a founder of Lantern Partners, a virtual CFO firm working with founder CEOs of startups and scale-ups. She has a personal love of driving entrepreneurs to financial success, and early in her own career, she realized there was a need for founders to have access to good commercial and strategic financial support. Also, Michelle is a speaker at the Women Thrive Summit, so I'm excited to have you on our stage in March. But Michelle, tell us, why is this an important conversation for founders to explore? Sure. Um, uh the reason why it's such an important conversation is that I think a lot of the time when people start their own business, whether it's a consulting business or, or any kind of business, really, they get far too caught up in what it is they do, what it is they can offer without identifying what the problem is that they're solving for their client. And I think if there's one thing that to focus on with getting that ideal client that's where you need to focus. Um, and the, the amazing thing about being really clear about who your ideal client is, is that when you find your ideal client and when you start talking to them about the problems that they have that you're going to solve, that's when you get that really quick yes. Um, and that's when um, you know you shorten your sales cycle, you refine your offering, you grow your business, um, and you get so much more efficient in terms of how you can deliver all of all of that gold. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I do find that you know speaking to your ideal clients and their needs really sh um, shortens the sales cycle, and the quick yes is just it just happens because you're already speaking their language. Yeah. Michelle, tell me a little bit more about your background because it's really interesting to hear your story where you are and what you do because I think what you do is a little bit unique to perhaps most other people. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've been running Lantern Partners now for just over 10 years 
And so, as you said, we're a virtual CFO advisory business and CFO for those that, you know, hate it when people use acronyms that I don't understand. CFO is chief financial officer. So it's a very typical role within kind of a, a larger corporate. Every, every kind of big business has got um, a chief financial officer. But um, what we do is we kind of deliver that for smaller businesses because what I found was that what they're really missing is what I call the so what of their numbers. So they have them, they've got their tax accountant, they've got their you know bookkeeper or transactional accountant. So they, they, they have numbers, but then what do you do with it? And so that that's kind of where, where we hit. Um, so my background originally um, is chartered accountancy. So I trained at PricewaterhouseCoopers in London many, many moons ago. Um, but then spent about 15 years within, um, you know, the corporate sector, within industry, mainly within kind of media marketing technology businesses. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to start my own business. But it actually took me a really long time to figure out what the value was that I could deliver um, and how this, you know, really quite niche finance um, angle could actually serve the business community. So I had to figure out, you know, quite quickly who my ideal client was, why I was, what what issue I was solving for them. Um, but yeah, so been running for over ten years now. Um, we, we, despite the still slightly English accent, um, I've been living in Australia for twenty years now. Um, we service clients across Australia and also internationally. Uh, and um, we, we're still quite boutique. We're, we're a team of 10 and 80% yeah, female run, which is something I'm really proud of. Wow, especially in the financial sector. I mean, it's it's quite phenomenal to get those numbers and also to deliver such a high level kind of service where, as you say, much bigger businesses start to look into its um, CFO roles to be able to serve founders. And that's what I find really unique about what you do, because I think some businesses have a huge potential if only they start to look at their numbers and start to understand what it, what, what they are and make decisions with the numbers in mind as well. And we quite often work with solo founder CEOs. And I think, um, again, one of the Things that I, I guess we don't advertise so much. We do, you know, we have a finance offering, but a lot of what we provide is a sounding board for those founder CEOs. So a lot of time as a founder, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to the podcast right now who are founders, are, you know, it can be pretty lonely um, and it can be quite difficult to know who to ask advice from. You know, if you've got investors, you can't really be open with your investors and ask them for advice. Your employees, you don't want to scare them. So you don't want to say, I don't know what to do next, even though as a founder, that's frequently what you're thinking. Um, and, you know, if you have a partner, your partner's probably sick and tired of you coming home and going, oh, OK, this about the business, that about the business. And so we also we provide a sounding board for those um, those CEOs and those founders. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So we're talking about ideal client and what other insights could you share about found founders who wanting to build that long term and financial success in how to really ensure that their business are serving their ideal clients? Yeah. 
So I think I think the first thing to identify is is what exactly is the problem that you're solving before you start kind of thinking about you know what your um what the services are that you provide think think about the problem that you're solving and if you're a consultant particularly if you're a consultant coming out of a corporate environment you can use your learnings from within corporate and uh, to actually start identifying that and then you broaden that out a little bit to who exactly has this problem you know it, it it might be an individual or it might be another business um it could be you know and then you kind of start drilling down on you know what type of business what type of individual why is it a problem for them um and what's the specific pain that it's causing them there's this great phrase that um we work with with a lot of uh, venture capital and, and private equity people and in venture capital there's a um a phrase that's often used which is is this company a vitamin or a paracetamol? And if you think about it, so, so what you really want is when you've got that banging headache, you want the paracetamol. You don't want the vitamin that's kind of for the longer term health that might help you stop getting the, um, the headache, you know, in a week's time. You need that paracetamol now. And so I think the closer you can get to that acute pain point for your ideal client, the more compelling what you have to offer is. And I think if you start thinking about it in those terms, it also helps you understand why it's so important. Um, and then um, one, once you've kind of identified the pain for it, identified from a, a broader perspective, the individual or the business, you start get refining and refining and refining. You know, if it's another business you're serving, you know, typically what industry are they in? Typically, how many years have they been operating? What size are they, you know, in terms of revenue or in terms of employees? Where are they based? So some businesses may be targeting other businesses in central business districts. Other businesses, you could be targeting businesses in remote or rural areas. And you, you start kind of just working through all these characteristics of who your ideal client is. And I think with a lot of new businesses, one really common um, trap is to be scared that you're going to be too niche, be scared that you, you are going to be servicing too small a market. And actually, what, what you find is the more defined your market can be, um, more defined your client can be, even though that's a, a smaller and smaller subset, they, they are the ones that are going to realize you're speaking directly to them. And they're just going to go, yes. Whereas... You know, with it, with any new business, particularly a consulting business, so kind of take a consulting business, right? The experience you've gained through your early career, there are there are a whole raft of things that you could do, a whole raft of things that you could help with. But the more specific you can get about that little niche where you're really, really powerful and where your advice is going to change the game for your client, that's where you concentrate. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it, it's really powerful once you start distilling and distilling it like that. It's really a game changer because I think I think when we try to serve um, mass audience or wide market, our message can really get lost. And when it comes to especially content and your attraction methods and marketing, you start to speak to everyone, but not anyone that has that acute pain, as you're saying, right? And then yeah. 
it's the message is not as important to that one person who you're trying to attract because it it kind of speaks to them but it doesn't really quite get there <laughs> yeah it's, it's like that cliche right you you try and speak to everyone and you'll speak to no one and it's so so true you just won't hit with anyone because you sort of get there with a really broad range of people. That's not what you want to do. And I think it can feel really tempting when you're starting your business to, to feel like you've got to be broad because you're just starting and you know you, you, you want clients. And so you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But also what that does, as well as kind of not speaking to anyone directly, you lose your focus and you lose, you know, running a business is hard, right? And so you've got to really be intentional about where you put your focus and your energy. And targeting your ideal client is one of those really key ways that you do that. Yeah. And if we were to talk about your business, what that, what is that acute pain for the founders and CEOs that you, um, you solve perhaps? So, so for us, our ideal client um, is a founder CEO. I always joke that they pick up the phone in year four of their business. It's almost like they've dusted off the five-year plan that they had when they started. And they're like, oh, holy crap, it's, it, you know, I'm a year off my five-year plan. I don't feel like I'm anywhere close to this kind of plan that I had when I first started. Um, and generally at that point, the founder's getting a bit tired. And the founder has got to a point where they know that the business needs to be less reliant on them in order to grow. But the business has been really successful up until this point through them being involved in pretty much every single decision point. And it's a really hard thing for a founder to be able to create that infrastructure around the business that is going to serve it well going forward. One of the ways that we we define um, the businesses that we work with is that they're going through their awkward adolescence. So they're no longer kind of this new, fresh kind of business baby, but they're also not that mature adult business yet. So we kind of help them through those awkward adolescent years. Um, and the pain points for the, the founders that we're working with is they're tired they 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 often want they often want an exit so they they know they're not going to run this business forever they they may have thought when they started the business they were going to run it forever um but now kind of four five six years in they're just like oh, no i need to grow what well, i need to either grow this business so it can run independently or I need to get this business to a state where I can sell my business. And that becomes life-changing for the founders. So the, the, key, the key kind of life stages we help with are preparing a business for sale, scaling it, so putting all of the, the finance processes and procedures and, and um, scaling it for, um, for growth. Um, and both those processes are very similar. Mm. It's, it's really important for the founders to have that support and having gone through some of the stages of business myself I know that that particular moment of transitioning from baby business to a more you know mature business there are so many questions and so many decisions to make that just having somebody else 
almost keeping you accountable and holding your hand throughout that process can be really amazing because like you say the the structures are so different and the mindset of the founder has to become slightly different it becomes much more strategic it becomes more like okay how can I get myself out of the business not not necessarily exit the business but just say the business doesn't need to rely on me 24 7 and that's where I think that's why we set up a business to give ourselves freedom. But a lot of the times we give ourselves a job instead of a freedom. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, a couple of years in, particularly if the business is successful, it's anything but freedom, right? It's a lot of, you know, it's very intense. It's a lot of work. Um, and it's, and I, it's almost kind of that business equivalent of, you know, when in corporate, in a corporate role, you're transitioning from a technical role into a managerial role. And actually the job becomes very different. And I think it's the same when you're growing your business through that scaling point. The business takes on a different life. It becomes a different thing and it needs to evolve. Um, and it, it's really challenging for a founder to go through go through that kind of transition and that that phase out of its awkward adolescence. So that that's what we're the paracetamol for. <laughs> I think it's fantastic because you know you have a lot of coaches in the online space and you have a lot of people who help with let's say consulting with this particular area I do think is one is very undiscovered that perhaps there is a need because it comes with awareness and once you discover actually there is a need or there is actually a person to help you with such transition as that it becomes really invaluable and yeah it's fantastic so we're talking about ideal client um tell us more how can how can these business founders really solve that problem of perhaps I think it's really hard to find that niche and pigeonhole yourself into just serving these clients and saying, okay, this is enough. This is my sweet spot. How can people really feel confident that this is my niche, really happy with it. And I will be speaking to this particular niche. I think, I think there's actually three things. So I think the first thing is around preparation. So for, for example, we've got, um, you know, we've got an ideal client worksheet that, that um, a business can go through when you're identifying your ideal clients, you're going through these three categories, which is around defining the problem. And then once you define the problem is really defining the characteristics of your client. So as soon as you see that client or, you know, see that client, you know, this is this is the one. And that has to do with, you know, industry, age, um, life stage, and, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, and so there's preparation that goes into that. So if you had to, you had to divide it out, you'd say maybe, I don't know, six, 60% is that kind of preparation. But then there's an element of trial and error, right? So when I first started the business, I would meet with a lot of potential clients and there is sometimes a difference in what you perceive the problem of the client to be versus what they think their problem is, okay? And so what I found was that when I was talking to um, these potential clients and talking about 
the problems that I saw them have and how we could solve them, sometimes the things that would really light them up and start kind of, you know, you could you could physically, they would change you during the exchange, you're like that landed. And you've kind of just got, and it's not always the things that you think will land. And so there is that trial and error. You have to, and one of the things that I talk to um, a, 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 with a lot of um, mentees and businesses is that you can't just sit and hide behind your computer and hide behind, you know, all this research. It's a great way to procrastinate and it's a great way to avoid the scary stuff of getting out into, into the world, right? But you have to go and talk to your potential clients, whether, you know, and I, I'm a huge fan of face-to-face, whether it's virtually face-to-face or, you know, whether it's really in person and thank goodness we can all do that now. Um, but you will see physically the change in your clients, your ideal client's response when it lands for them, okay? And so that's that's the second piece, which is so critically important. And then the final piece is that if you have clearly identified your ideal client and you you're able to clearly articulate what the problem is that you're solving for them, how you solve it and why it needs to be you, why it needs to be now, they're just going to say yes. It's going to be that you had me at hello. Um, so the real proof of it is they'll buy from you and it will be quick. And they will, that you know, they they will be, you know, I've had clients sometimes that are like, yeah, 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 where do we sign? When do we start? I'm like, but I haven't told you about all the stuff. And they're like, no, 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 we get it. We get it. We get it. When do we start? And that's when you know, okay, I've, I've got it now. And it's and it's a process of refinement as well. I mean, the business has been, Atlanta Partners have been running for over 10 years now. And the business has evolved. And the ideal client definition has evolved and refined and so this isn't a static process either you know businesses change economies change you know that you think about what we we all had to live through as businesses over the last couple of years and then you know we 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 survived that and now we're coming out into you know crazy inflation and interest rates and you know still supply chain issues The, the problems are different um, and so you need to keep refining that. It's a constant iterative process. I'm glad you said that. You know, it's as business grows and as you as a person or your offerings grow and change, your ideal client will change. You might grow with them. You may grow out of them or they may, well, they may grow out of you because they might be, you know, growing fast, but yet you still want to serve those, mm-hmm. let's say, startups but the clients you serve end up growing and outgrowing you and moving on to other support or other services. So kind of holding on to that one client, it doesn't need to happen because there's so many more people who will need your service regardless. And yeah. and it's interesting you, you, you raised that point, right? Because one of the conversations that we have with all our clients really early on, because some, sometimes they ask us, you know, how long do you usually work with a client from for? And I always say to them, if we do our job right and you do your job right, you're going to outgrow us. And that's what we want. So we are there for you at a particular point in time and hopefully you'll outgrow us because it means you'll have done all the things that you wanted to do and we've helped you get there. And that's brilliant. 
Um, and we always we sometimes get a funny look. So they're like, what? You don't want to. But no, we're there for a particular point in time. And that's where we provide the value. And then we send you on your way. So, yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. I mean, as you say, that means you've done your job right. And they will refer you to other people if they are happy with the service that you have provided. So that's amazing. They got a result. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> amazing. So Michelle, you're a speaker at the Women Thrive Summit. Tell me more a little bit about what your talk is about, why people should be attending it. Sure. So um, what I'm going to be talking about in the summit is about how to make that confidently from corporate to consulting career. And I'm really, you know, I, I love the business that we've built. Um, and I remember what it was like when I was in kind of that last little period in my corporate life. And I knew I wanted to launch my own business and I was trying to figure it all out. And my, I made so many mistakes. Um, and what, over the years since, since launching London Partners, I've had so many kind of people come to me to ask, well, how did you do it? You know, how did you find your clients? How did you know what your offering would be? How did you know it would be successful? What are the tools we need? So what, what I've kind of put together over the years is seven key steps to making it success. So that's what I'm going to be talking about Um in um, at the summit so I can't wait to share that with everyone amazing you're actually speaking on a particular day where we're talking about career transition career growth and for people who perhaps are in that transition period or want to grow also in leadership and I think there are so many crossovers between leadership stepping into entrepreneurship escaping your uh, your regular job and, and your career because I think it all comes with so many new skills that we as founders as entrepreneurs business owners consultants have to learn on the job even though we're very very good on our particular in our particular area of our knowledge actually it's moving into a whole different realm of having to wear multiple hats so for those of you who have perhaps not saved your spot at the Women Thrive Summit, this is our annual Women Empowerment event that happens every March, um, third week of March. And this year we have nearly 50 amazing speakers at the summit covering things from visibility, authority building, marketing, finance to more um, softer skills such as confidence building, leadership, confident, uh, confidence, mindset, and so many other things. So what I would love for you to do is head over to womentarifesummit.com, register for your spot and make sure you register for Michelle's talk because I know it's going to be really, really valuable. However, depending where you, you are in the world, you may have to wake up really early because Michelle is based out in Australia. <laughs> so if you're wanting to catch Michelle's talk, make sure you upgrade your ticket if it's not in your time zone so you can watch it on the replay. Anything else I missed out, Michelle? I, I just love that whole thing of, of, of transitions. I feel like we're going to turn everyone into consulting butterflies. We're going to break everyone out of their cocoons. <laughs> I'm really excited, really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think events like this, as we're running it live, I think the beauty of it is people get to make those connections, actually, you know, ask questions. So if they are sitting in the virtual um, you know, auditorium, they can actually raise their hand and be part of a discussion, learn from others. And it's not a static experience. It's very dynamic where 
you get to actually implement some of the things you're learning. And I know Michelle has some gifts and freebies for you as well. And actually just for listening to this podcast as well, I know Michelle prepared you a juicy gift. So Michelle, what are we sharing with our listeners today? So what I'm going to share is um, exactly that worksheet um, about defining your ideal client. So if you're ready to do that, um, download the ideal client worksheet and it will help you map through exactly how to get to that sweet spot. So I'm really excited to, to see what you will do with it. There you are. So we don't, we don't just send you off with a bunch of inspiration and ideas. We actually want to make it really practical and actionable. And you know, if you feel inspired by this podcast, don't just switch over to doing something else. Grab this worksheet, get your pen and paper out and start writing it down because I think it's, it takes an action. It takes commitment and action to make a difference. And to make a change. And I think truly for any business, whether you're in a transition period, whether you're starting out, whether you're already mature business, evaluating or reevaluating who your ideal client is could lead to a whole new area of opportunities in your business or your career. So to all of you, thank you so much for listening. Uh, before we go, Michelle, any last parting thoughts before we close out today's podcast? I just want to pick up on that last point about action because that's a big thing for me whenever I whenever I'm talking on on podcasts or events just if there's one thing that you can do today no matter how small do it it's that grounding of actions that get you closer towards your goal so have a small it is just do do one thing today yeah I think it really comes from that role of keeping your clients accountable and you know, stay, keeping them on track with their finances and their business success. So thank you for sharing that. Take action, everyone. <laughs> it's so welcome. It was great chatting. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and staying up to this point. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please make sure you share it with somebody else. And hopefully we'll see you at the Women Thrive Summit. All Michelle's details and the gift that she just shared with you all um, is available in the show notes. So scroll down, make sure you follow Michelle, drop her a message just to say, hey, you know, I've listened to this podcast. It was great. This is, you know, I've taken the leap. I've taken the action. And if you need help, always reach out. We're here for you. Thanks, Michelle. I look forward to seeing you at the summit. Bye. Bye for now. Did you enjoy this episode? Share it with the world. Make sure to also leave a review and subscribe for future episodes.